this morning, I'm going to be speaking to us on the twin components of a beautiful church. The twin components of a beautiful church. And when I say a, church, a beautiful church, it means people that knows God or that have a relationship with God. I'm talking about all of us seated in this place as a church in Christ. I'm talking about you as a person who is in Christ, who has been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. I'm talking about your family who is in Christ. I'm talking about all your endeavors who is in Christ. This morning, I'll talk to us about two things that is very crucial. If those two things are not there, I'm not sure we can enjoy this beautiful 2020 that we're having. It's like cooking your stew. I don't know what stew that you like the most. For myself, I like African soup or stew very, very well. And it's like cooking an African stew without oil. They don't go together. Or <laughs> you can do the 24th century cooking. But without oil, whether vegetable, palm oil, granite oil, whatever oil, 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 African food must have that. Is that okay? So it does, these are two things that must be part of it. And God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. We must also understand that beauty, they say, is always in the eyes of the beholder. At times we create or we dress up in a particular way. My wife can dress up in a particular way that is beautiful to her, yet not beautiful to me. Right? Can be beautiful to someone else, might not be beautiful to the third person, to the fourth person. Now the beholder in this regard is Jesus. Are you with me? When God says that 2020 will be a beautiful year, it's not beautiful as you think it should be, but beautiful as he wants it to be. Do I get a man? And let me tell you the truth, it does not matter the level of beauty that you think or you can imagine, God's beauty supersedes it. Because the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it come into the heart of man what God is going to do with us. So if you're expecting this level of beauty, God is about to exceed it. And I pray for you that it will exceed it in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus is currently, look at my words, currently, he's doing it now, continuously, he doesn't give up, and constantly working on ensuring that you are beautiful. It's a work that Jesus is engaged in, he's doing it with everything within him, he's ensuring that nothing holds you back so that you can be beautiful. Do you know why? When Jesus comes back, he's coming for a beautiful church. Right? Hence, if a church is going to be beautiful, Jesus is working wholeheartedly that you become beautiful. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. He says that he might present unto himself a glorious church. That's the height. That's the, that's the highest height of beauty anyone can have. Something being glorious, unfathomable, something that cannot be explained, something that shines forth. God is coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a glorious you. He's coming when Jesus comes back or when the time for you to go home arrives, you will be beautiful. If Jesus chooses to come this year, you will be presented to him beautiful. He says he's coming for a glorious church, having not spots or wrinkle or any of such blemish. So it doesn't matter who you are today. It doesn't matter how yesterday was. What God is making out of you is a beautiful person. What God is making out of you is one that is spotless, without blemish. All those things that caused shame previously, they are no more going to be with you. 
All those things that causes pain previously, they're not more going to be with you. All those habits that you struggle with, they're not going to be with you. Because Jesus is, continuous, is currently, continuously, and constantly working to ensure your beauty. Can I get an amen? amen. And it shall be so with you in Jesus' mighty name. A beautiful church on the other side, these are the two components, is a church that is united and loving. A church that is full of love. The two components of this beautiful church that God is working amongst us is one that is united and the magnificence of God's love exists there. Bible says that the love of God be shared abroad in our hearts. That means the way Jesus loved us should be shared abroad in everybody seated in this place. That's the kind of beauty. Those are the things that when Jesus Christ comes into his church, he wants to find there. That these people, they are together. They are in one accord. These people, they are not just one in one accord. They are loving each other. Jesus wants us to also currently, as of today, continuously and constantly love each other and be united. United in spirit, united in truth. Because a beautiful church in the eyes of God is flawless. That's our theme for this month. A beautiful church in the eyes of God is flawless. Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 7. Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 7. It says, you are all together beautiful. Not one person. All of us, we, if we are all together beautiful, scripture says there's no flaw in you. I will explain what that means. Because I have an engineering background. So at times what I used to explain, at times are from that angle. You know, the rate at which metal can conduct something. So for example, the rate at which um, a metal can conduct electricity or heat is dependent on how pure it is. Are you it's dependent on how pure it is? So when you see a metal that is pure, so for example, silver is pure, more pure than copper, right? So the more, if you put the, the rate of transfer of heat in silver is faster than in copper. Do you understand? Aha. Uh -huh. So the same way. The rate at which God's blessing can flow through a church is dependent on how pure we are. Are you me, church? And if we are all together beautiful, there's no flaw in us. If we are all together united and loving, the power of God can flow easily. The power of God, the blessing of God can flow easily. Look at what Psalm 133 says. Psalm 103, from verse 1, from verse 1, Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together. How? Oh, sorry, I thought you knew the scripture. <laughs> it says, How good and pleasant is it for brothers to live together in unity. Let us do a bit of English. By the way, you might have seen some people wearing, you know, today we're just celebrating Europe, not only because Brexit has occurred, just that every, every Thanksgiving we just celebrate a continent or a people. Now, it says, this scripture could have been how good and pleasant it is when brothers are united. Right? But you don't live 
in unity with people that you don't love. Right? So the word united and the word dwell or live, there are two key aspects of this matter. That whenever that happens, look at the following verses. It says, it is like precious ointment that flows from the head of Aaron even to his cat. It's like when you pour oil on someone and it's flowing down unhindered. It says, it is in such a place that God commands his blessings. If you and I are beautiful and there's no flaw in us, if you and I can be united and show love, if you and I can dwell together in peace, in unity, in harmony, I love the word harmony a lot because it's musical. I can sing, so don't think I can sing, but it's musical. Look at the keyboard, this is playing his own. One person is taking the parts. Another one is doing different parts, yet making a beautiful music. If all of us can dwell together like that, Bible says, there, God commands his benefits. So what blessing are you trusting in God for this year? If you and I can live together as one. If we can learn to tolerate one another. If we can be in love with one another. If we can be united in our purpose. If we can be united in the things in our mind. Bible says that God commands his blessing in such a place. When the Holy Spirit first came, the Holy Spirit did not just come on a people. The Holy Spirit does not even come on people unintentionally. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fulfilled, that they were together in one place. They were all together in one place. They were dwelling together. They've been in the same place for how long? 50 days. Oh, you didn't know that. Because Jesus was crucified at Pentecost, he told them, on the third day, he told them that wait for me for the gift of the Father. So when the day, Pentecost 50, when the days of Pentecost were fulfilled, that was when the Holy Spirit showed up. They were together in one place. When their heart was now knitted. The promise of God is easily fulfilled when our heart is united. When our heart is knitted together. Look at another scripture. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. I'll read for us. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall, sorry, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Wow. Anything one person binds on earth will be bound in heaven. So if I stay in this place, I say, Oh, I bind this, it should be bound in heaven. But look at a better result. Again, I say unto you, If two of you will agree concerning anything, so, there's power in you binding, but there's a bigger power in agreeing. That's why when a family agrees on anything, should be done. That means when a church agrees on anything, we should have results. So, when somebody who is a Christian now chooses to go on it on a lonely journey, guess what is happening? You are limiting what you could actually get in God. There's a reason why God created a phenomenal called church. is because we are more powerful together. It's because we can achieve much more together. It's because our prayer is because the things that we could do makes more sense together. Our prayer is more effective when we are united. When somebody comes and says, Pastor, I need this thing, or this is what's happening in my life, and we can bring it to even just two people and say, Come on, can we agree with our brother in this area? And we pray. 
Not that we just sink. We pray with the heart. The Bible says, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So at times, oh God, we just don't know who we are. Jesus went further in verse 20. He says, for where two or three are gathered in his name, is there they are missed. You can carry Jesus everywhere. You know, that's why at times when we encourage people to have house fellowships, they think, oh, I don't want to bring the church into my home. Who is losing out? Go and ask the gentleman called Uzziah. Uzziah. When Uzzah, is it Uzzah? Yeah, Uzzah. When the, the, the ark of God was brought into his own, the Bible says it prospered. Obededium, God bless you. See? Thank God I have Obededium. Uriah is the one that's the wife of. So, the house of Obededium, right? Think about it. It was prospered in all he did. Whenever we are able to bring Jesus into a place, when we gather together like this, if we are gathered in one accord, you know, listen, church, everybody comes to church for different purposes and different reasons, right? At times, people attend a church because they're going to find their partners there, right? At times, they're going to church. Hey, I've known people that went to church because they said in that church, you can make networks in that church as if it's a club. Does that mean that God will not meet that? God will meet it. Because the God of all flesh. It will be this, will, come on, it will do that. But at the same time, that's not the principal essence of, God, of church. The principal essence of church is prayers. That where two or three of us we gather, he is there. And as a church, I want to appeal to us. For us to fulfill and enjoy this beautiful 2020, we have to be intentional in our unity. Because our adversary, the devil, works day and night and in between, ensuring that you and I, there's offense amongst us. Ensuring that you have a reason for not being united to the body. Look at the way Paul put it to the Ephesian church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. It says you must be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. You must be anxious. Oh, thank God for this scripture. It says you must make every effort. Unity does not just happen. We must make every effort to ensure our unity. Just Christ puts it in another way. It says a house divided against itself cannot stand. A church that is divided, guess what happens? They are peace meet in the eyes of the devil. He can just pick them one after the other. Do you remember when the devil chose to go after Peter? Right? Thank God that the church was united. Bible says every evening the church will gather together and pray concerning Peter. No wonder it was delivered. Unfortunately, we're in the day and the age when whenever something negative happens to one of, one of us, guess what we do? My God, CNN, is good news. We start sharing it. We're the day and age where it is fun to talk about that person that fell. When what we should do is to rally around one another. It's okay for people to get injured in battle. If this Christian journey is a battle, it's okay. Once in a while, you're going to fall. 
Once in a while, you're going to make mistakes. It is the responsibility of the church to rally around you and look after you. So we must be intentional. We must be intentional in promoting and executing the vision and the purpose and the objective of your church. This is our church, not my church. I'm just a pastor of this church. You are a minister in the church. You are a worker in the church. You are a member of the church. You are an attender of the church. You are a guest in the church. One way or another, today, your blessing is tied to this place. Because every blessing that God wants to bless you with today, regardless of the reason why you're here, you will take it with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we must work together to ensure its promotion, to promote its unity. We must. It's our job. It's our job to make it happen like that. Do I get an amen, church? Amen. Come on, can I get a better amen? amen? We must not just be intentional in promoting the vision of the church. We must also be intentional in going out of our way to help one another. What did I say? Oh, you don't think I didn't understand the English that I said. The going out of our way is crucial. But Jesus Christ was speaking. He said, if you do good to them, they'll do you good. Even not believers do it. So if I give you something because you've done me good, everybody does it. You're not, you're not special. In fact, they will do better than you. Right? But when you do good to those who despitefully use you, the Bible says, great is your reward in heaven. We must go out of our way intentionally to help the next person. It's okay that God has elevated you. You must go out of your way. Listen, when you were looking for a job, somebody did your CV. Somebody sat you down. I, I always say it. There's a lady, my first job, in, no, my first proper job in this nation that requires an application. Because there's, there's <laughs> My first proper job, there's this lady I did not know her from Adam. Because we're in the same organization, I was temping there. She was the one that saw me, oh, why not apply for this? I apply for it. I told her that I'm applying. Oh, when you finish applying, bring your application form. We sat down. She corrected everything. Me, that was like, uh, you know. You know, I'm sorry. That's why I understand people that are coming from outside the country. The way we do things there is different from the way things are done here. Guess what? She got all my thoughts down and she went home typed everything out for me and sat me down again and ensured that, okay, it's a represent everything I want to say. So how come we cannot do that? And guess what? I left that role to the, to the one that I was applying for and I did not see her at all until when one of our trustees was going to get married and I saw her there. She's even forgotten about me. So I now reminded her what she did for me. Exactly. Somebody too should say, wow, concerning you. <laughs> we must go out of our way to help one another. This is the essence of church. It's a shame on a church. And a if you are the top and everybody is below you. The Bible says preferring one another in love. Will you prefer the next person to be higher than you? We must be intentional in our devotion and commitment to our joint activities. That's very crucial. And I'm not saying it because 
if left to me, in fact, when we started church, we didn't want any activity church. We don't want to do any singles fellowship, this fellowship, extra this one. But guess what? Whether we like it or not, people have needs. That it's in such fellowship that such needs are met. We're going to do upskill. That, oh, we're going to get people to train every other person, to train everyone in church and everybody out there, and we struggle to do it. Remember, before you started, some people trained you in this same church. We should not be struggling for things like that. People need all those things. When we were having prayers for singles, you were the first one to show up. You pray, 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 pray. Everybody agree with you in prayers. God answered your own prayers. And then you don't show up for that meeting again because you have not been elevated. The person that you left there, who's going to pray with them? That's why we do all these things. I don't need singles meeting. I'm married. <laughs> I don't need it. When we call for prayer meeting, hey, the prayer meeting, okay, thank God for those who praise first, every first Friday, Saturday, which was yesterday, right? There's prayers that goes on in church for one hour on stop, um, which is just praying in tongues. You think that those people don't want to sleep? They want to sleep at home too, just like you. But at times, we show up only to encourage them. At times, we show up so that that scripture, where two or three will agree on, because if they are, if Shola is there by his own, maybe Jesus will not be there. It will bind, right? But where two or three are gathered, the Bible says, he is sure to be there. For that singular reason alone, we show up. Why should it be that it's only when you want to do something that you expect everybody to show up? We have to be intentional in promoting and, and being eager. We have to make every effort to promote this thing for us to enjoy the way we want to enjoy. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul was preaching to the Romans church. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the message of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice. At times, you have to be a sacrifice. You, you have to be intentional. Thank you, sir. You know, English failed me in this one. You know, I didn't want... But in the way you live your life, you have to be intentional about it. Ensuring that you live life sacrificially. It's not everything that's about convenience. There's a statement that my wife says every time that I'm getting off the... It says maturity is the ability to delay gratification. Yeah, you know she's a doctor. <laughs> and when doctors speak, you need a dictionary at times. It says maturity is you being able to delay that thing that gives you pleasure. You must not be driven by pleasure. And as such, even as a church, in our unity, in, in our being intentional about unity, it does not always have to give you pleasure. You must be able to sacrifice for somebody else. Isn't it? See, and I shared this before. My first experience of divine providence occurred like this. I was in Nigeria. I was in university. There's this girl that was staying in the same area that I was staying in their transportation to school. And guess what? I had only five naira with me. Don't worry about the equivalent. It will not be converted. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody will convert five naira. No, 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 no. Five naira is what less than one piece. So don't worry. <laughs> All right, I have five naira with me, and I gave it to this girl to go to school. I did not know how to go to get to school on that day, but guess what? That day, that same day, because there was no money, I decided to fast. Right? God had laid me in the heart of someone to give me two hundred naira. Are you with me? That is what Christianity is about. Sacrificing for the next person. You know, some of us have cars, and that's why you run out of church on time, so that you don't carry anybody. Come on, you know yourself, just look straight. <laughs> some of us have extra rooms, and guess what? We have people in church that are looking for rooms, and they're still going to pay you. But because they are church members, no, you forgot it that where two of three shall agree is always there. You must be intentional in submitting to the leadership of the church, or not of the church, in the church. Look at how Hebrews, because at times when we bring things up like this, you know, everybody's like, oh, pastor, you want us to submit to you? No. <laughs> That's what we're talking about now. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to the authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Are you with me? Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. For that, for that will be of no advantage to you. The reason why we claim that we should submit to your HOD, to your, everybody in this church, you have a minister attached to you, right? It's not because you want to rule your life. They're just a third perspective to your thinking. If me, they can offer you opinions. They can tell you things. They can see things clearly than you at times. They know because they have to give an account. Marilyn, for example, if you know how much I harass Marilyn every time I acquire, imagine if choir is now not submitting to her, we're not going to have the worship that we have today. Are you with me? That's the essence. There are times that people have given testimony, oh, pastor just said this, and it, and it happened. It's not because I'm special. It's just because at that point, God has placed me in that role of authority. God has placed your children in that role of authority. God has placed your minister in that role of authority. Let me tell you the truth. Hmm? If anything, if they tell you anything, or if we tell you anything, right, and it's contrary to God, who do you think that God will hold her accountable? The Bible says, because they will give account. That's why at times your minister also tries to run away from giving you opinion. So now you know the trick. So at times, oh, then, what do you think I should do? And if they ask you, what do you think? No, tell them you're asking them. Because that's what they will do. They, oh, what do you think? Oh, what do you, what do you think the Bible says? No, no, they're throwing the betting back to you. Mm -mm, no, no, no. Because they have rule over you. They can decree things into your life. Do I get an amen? Finally, on this regard, we must be intentional on how we handle offense. Church, let me be honest with you. Offense will come. In fact, today, because I believe that there's refreshment in church, somebody's going to be served in a way that they don't like. <laughs> and offense will come. <laughs> we can't separate offense and Christianity. It's like wherever two people are. Or, no, 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 no. You need to understand one thing. You when Jesus himself says... Are you with me, church? 
When Jesus Christ said, whatever, whatever it is that we agree on, that means there will be a lot of disagreement. Is that okay? But it is the way we handle it that ensures that we are united. If all of us see things in, a diff- in the same way every time, we have a problem. We must have differences in opinion. We must not agree. In fact, as I finish this meeting, I expect somebody to come and meet me. Pastor, you see, what you said in that place, I don't agree. And I'll explain myself. No, it will come. Oh, Pastor, what were you talking about me? Sorry, it wasn't about you. I was just preaching. <laughs> offense will come. Tell your neighbor, offense will come. And you know, your neighbor is smiling. Maybe they are offended. Tell that person, I say, offense will come. But look at the way Jesus Christ said we should handle offenses, church. Look at the way Matthew chapter 18, 15, and 17. Matthew chapter 18, 15 to 17. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Hello? So those of you that have gone to report me to somebody else, you see what the Bible says. If I've offended you, come and tell me alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, then take one or two along with you. That every child be established by the evidence of two or more witnesses. If he refuses to, tell, to, 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 to listen to them, then tell it to the church. If you take somebody along and say, oh, Sister James. I know there's no Sister James. Sister James this so, 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 so to Brother Janet. Right? And you try to resolve, come on, talk, tell it to the church. So that you don't, so the reason why I use those, both names, so that you don't say I'm mentioning your name. So there's no sister Jane, and there's no brother. Ah, you see now they've started. <laughs> I'm sorry, yo. <laughs> Because offense will come. You cannot escape it, church. We cannot explain, escape it. You know, you call someone, maybe the person is just having a bad day, and they attend it to you in a particular way. You're like, ah, is it because I'm calling you? No, offense will come. It's okay. And Jesus is going to help us in Jesus' mighty name. And we must be intentional in showing love. Listen, the church, oh, sorry, the world, is tired of hearing about church. If it's a lie, you've been inviting people to your church. That's why they're not coming. <laughs> Who has invited somebody to church in the last one year? How many of them showed up in your church? And if I thought they would show up and then they would go, because they are tired of church. But the world needs love. They need the love of Jesus. The kind of love that this world needs currently, it can only be found in Jesus. Look at how Jesus Christ expressed his own love in, in, in Luke chapter 4, 18, from verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has not told me to do what to the poor, to the preach to the poor. What do you think that Jesus Christ is preaching to the poor? How to bring them down out of poverty. How to give them hope. Right? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Look at this. You preach to the poor, you give them hope. But guess what to the brokenhearted? You heal them. Right? Not just that, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind and the liberty. Listen, your gospel is not to those who already have arrived. 
The gospel of Jesus is to the needy. The love of Jesus is to the people that need it. Church, we must be intentional about it. So when you come to church on a Sunday morning, it's not the fact that you're wearing a Gucci belt that's important. It's the fact that, oh, who can I give my Ralph Lauren shirt to? It's not about you that matters, but how you can be a benefit to the other. I can bet you there's someone in this place that's actually crying today. Smiling, yet crying. Suffering, yet smiling. It's our job to identify that person and reach out to them. I was in Nigeria last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I think. Last week, yeah. I was in Nigeria last week, and I had to do something. So they had to bring this lady who is united to come and meet me. Da, 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 da. And when we're having this discussion, I realized that this person gave up school to come and do this job that is 36,000 naira, only because she had to feed her, 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 parent, her mother and the younger sisters. 36,000 naira, she had to leave school for that. 36,000 naira is less than 75 pounds. That's what she was earning. So in my head, the calculation that ran through my head is that this girl will never go back to school. Because why is she going to get the money? Where the money that she's getting is to feed her family. How she get money to go to I told her that don't worry. Apply for your school again. The minute you get in from that day, this same for and she does cleaning 20,000, I will pay you that every month. Go back to school. That is what our Christianity should be. In the last, you've spent one month in this year. Who can point to you that without you I will not be? Tell me, you're earning big money, but who can say they are being beneficiaries of your money? You might be giving the fattest tithe in church. It doesn't matter. Nobody even sees it. So we don't know what you're giving. But that person, see, may God give me grace to sort out that girl. Listen, a generation is dependent on that. Not just that girl. So the same way with you. Why does the all of your life have to be consist, has to consist of me, 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 me? Let's show love the way Jesus Christ showed it. First Peter chapter 4, 8 to 11. I will stop with that. First Peter chapter 4, 8 to 11. This is what we have to be intentional about amongst us. It says, above all, love each other deeply. Not just love, love deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hmm? Don't say, oh, I bought your rice last week. You didn't buy mine. Hospitality without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve the other as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. If anyone can speak very well, they should use so as one who speaks the very word of God. If everyone can serve, they should do it with the strength that God provides. Whatever it is that you have, use it for the benefit of others. When we are doing this as a church, we become a united front. When we're doing this as a church, we become a loving church. When we're doing this as a church, the blessings of God flows down. Then it's easy for you to come to church and say, Father, you know what? I need a house. Boom, house. It's only because we are united. And I pray that God is going to help us in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't I talk to God this morning and say, Father, shed your love in my heart. Listen, except God gives you that spirit of love, you cannot love like him. You're going to love like a man. I want to pray that, Father, pour your love in my heart. Help me to love the way you love, sacrificially, not expecting a return. 
Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is the extent of God's love. Why not talk to God this morning? I say, Father, let me love the way you love. Let me love the way you love. I cannot do this. Just pour your heart, love in my heart. And this morning, if you are not born again, you can never love like Jesus because by the spirit of God that you love, you'll be infatuating over things. You'll be lost in. You cannot love the same way that Jesus Christ loved. You cannot have agape kind of love. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But if this morning you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise up your hand and put it down. You want to say, Jesus, come into my life again, just raise it up and pull it down. You want to dedicate your life to Jesus, just raise it up and pull it back down. And I'll pray for you from where I am. If you're not raising up your hand, pray that God pour your love in my heart. Like never before, pour your love in my heart. Place a burden to love in my heart. A burden to love your children. A burden to love my neighbors. A burden to love at work. That when people are talking about me, they talk about the fact that, oh my God, this person loves so much. That is what the world means. Not a love that is selfish. Not a love that wants to be loved. But the love that gives regardless of whether they are loved. Talk to God this morning, church. Talk to God. You have one minute to talk to God. Talk to him this morning. Because it's in such a place that God pours his blessings upon us. Why don't talk to God that even as we do this, pour your blessings upon your church. That this morning, regardless of what anybody has brought to this place this morning, the challenges that everyone might, come on, show your love by praying for the next person. Why don't you just stretch your hand and just touch somebody's neighbor and just pray for that person quickly. Just stretch forth your hands and touch somebody's shoulders and say, my brother, it's going to be well with you this week. Talk to God about that person. And don't just lip sync. Why not pray indeed? Why not pray indeed for that person? Why not pray indeed for that person? Bible says, the fervent prayers of the righteous man avails much. Why not pray for that person? Pray for that person. I agree with you. Everything that causes you pain today, please, Lord, wipe it wipe away. Every request in the heart of your son, every request in the heart of your daughter, please, Lord, grant it in the name of Jesus. Pray, come on, pray, pray. That person needs that prayers this morning. Why not pray for that person that God please encourage this, my brother? Oh my God. Why not pray for that person that Lord envelope this one in your love again? Let them know that you love them. Let them let him know that you love him. Let her know that you love her. Pray that God please answer this person speedily. Answer her speedily, your God. Answer her speedily. Do that which only you can do. And most importantly, pray that Lord let your beauty rest upon this one in everything they do this week. Let your beauty rest upon him. Let your beauty rest upon their works. Upon that exam result, let your beauty rest upon it. Upon that request, let your beauty rest upon it. Upon the application, that interview, let your, let, 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 let your beauty rest upon it. Let your beauty push out every shame in this person's life. Every pain, let your beauty push them away. Every ugliness, every bad news, let your beauty push them away.
You will not be lonely. You will not be alone. May help find you today. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you are making out of us. A beautiful church. Lord, you've given us the twin component of such, to love and to be united as one. Please, Lord, bind us together with your love in the name of Jesus. Every prayer that's been brought before you this day, please, Lord, answer speedily. Thank you, Almighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.